0: Live from the basement of Voodoo Sound, it's time to get your mojo working. I got my
1: mojo working, but it just won't work on
0: you. Take the next 40 odd minutes to get your hands on some tips and tools that will get you working at your best in both your business and and your personal life. Hey
2: everybody and welcome to this week's edition of the Mojo Radio Show. Welcome, nice to have you here, thank you for hitting the download button, thanks for spending a couple of moments with our little show, hope you're enjoying it and if you are enjoying it, do us a favour, go into iTunes, go into ratings and reviews, drop in a five, four, three, whatever rating, is preferable, <laughs> and uh, send us a little message because it gets, it it keeps the show going and it gets our mojo working. That's all we ask for. We don't have any advertising. We don't have any sponsors, sadly. Hello to our friends at Corona and Tim Tams. Uh, what happened to Mission
3: Corn They've fallen off the radar, have they? <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> we're getting no samples, no nothing. They're gone. <laughs> <laughs> we're brutal. Uh, so welcome to the show everybody, good to have you here uh, We have got a big show for you coming up Just before we rip into Z mm. So cool having a guest that goes by one letter, Z Absolutely, he left his mark on the show Let's uh, check the mailbag. bag
0: Have you checked your email this morning, Mulder? No why? because I received something unsettling and I wondered if you've gotten it too. The
3: Mojo Mailbag. We've got to give a shout out to Alexis Pendergrass this week. Uh She sent us a message on Facebook, says, hey, I'm a 13-year-old girl, but I love your show. My mother and I have had a life together, but I'm lucky I still have her because I almost lost her in the past. Happy Mother's Day. Well, that's nice. Yeah, isn't it nice? So uh, I reckon Alexis and her mum deserve a soap on a rope. Oh, they're going to love that. They are, aren't they?
2: The good old purple soap on a rope. We must get on to Oksana, our merch chick, and see what our next range is going to be. I'm thinking tea towels.
3: I like the idea of tea towels. Maybe even a tea cosy.
2: Or a tea cosy. Or maybe a terry-toweling bucket hat. That's what I'm thinking (laughs) with Mojo Radish (laughs) on the front. Let's wait for summer for that. I'm telling you, they're going to make a comeback. You you (laughs) might laugh and scoff. They're going to make a comeback. Terry-toweling, bucket hats. Australian cricket team are going to be all over it. (laughs) (laughs) All
3: right. Well, I've got audio proof. That, you know, that that was your call. So let's wait and see what happens, shall we? <laughs>
2: <laughs> what do you have proof? I like it. All right. Now, here's the setup for this week's show.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, if you are just tuning in, we are going to kick ass. Supreme.
2: The Mojo Radio Show. I was doing a speaking gig recently and somebody in the audience said, if I break my world down into the three or four or five most important pieces, so wellness and family and community, business and so on, Can I have a dream for each of those parts? And is it possible to achieve all those dreams? I thought that was quite a profound question. And here's my thought on it. If you spend your time wisely, and if we take ourselves back to Colin Wright, who was the minimalist on the show a couple of weeks ago, where he talked about living intentionally, where you start each day knowing what your focus is, for each of those areas of your life. So you map out your life and here are the four or five key areas of my life and you start each day with the one thing that if you nail that would make everything else easier or unnecessary, then you start to live a life of intention. And what happens then is you get rid of all the distractions, you get rid of all the stuff that's not taking you towards your dreams, in which case I think that you can live your life looking to attain more than one dream, not just in business or community, but in all areas of your life, which I think is lacking why we are becoming so unhealthy as a society. That being said, the question then is, well, how do you do that? And that's where I think productivity comes into it. And I've been pondering this a lot. And I saw a blog online. It was called the 13 things you need to give up if you want to be successful. And I thought, well, that ties back to to live intentionally. Then you've got to get rid of stuff. So what are you got to get rid of to be successful? To be successful, you've got to be living an intentional or focused life. So I found a guy online and he has had the number one blog on Medium. Now, Medium is a website or a hub for bloggers. He had the number one most shared or read blog and it was this one. The 13 Things You Need to Give Up If You Want to Be Successful. He's the founder of Zero to Skill, which is a business that creates content, which articles and courses and e-guides and stuff, to help us become a better performer. And what I liked the most, which drew me to Z, was the outcome is to become three times more productive, which is why I thought the setup was so important. Mm. So I'm going to have a go at this name, mate, because it's (laughs) Russian. (laughs) Boris. And I'm going to have a crack at it. It's (laughs) Dravko Sietic. I think that's how you spell it. Now, Dravko, who goes by the name of Z. Uh, Yeah, so it's Zdravko. Zdravko.
4: Yeah, that that was actually rather close. Uh, But since it's usually complicated, I just go with Z. Um, Ever since uh, I think this started all in 2012, I was on some sort of Harvard summer school in uh, Romania for kind of young entrepreneurs or whatever. And uh, one of the best professors for um, communications or Harvard Kennedy School, which teaches senators, uh, governors for public speaking. And she has one of the most uh, popular courses there. She spent a week trying to learn my name. And after a week, she just gave up, started calling me Jonathan, and uh, <laughs> ever since yeah, ever since then, I was uh, more inclined either to present myself as John or Jonathan to people or just go with <laughs> Z. Oh, that's yeah. classic. It, it's, it's not, it's not uh, something that I was going for. It's more of a practicality sake. Yeah, that's
2: no, cool. That's funny. Uh, so when people meet you yeah. and they say, Z, what do you do? what do you say to them now? I don't know if it's because I'm from Balkans, uh,
4: where educational system is really, really bad. Um, so, and because I studied education. So my idea was always to aim for practical education skills that can be acquired quite, quite easily, um, kind of hacking skills that can help you go further in life. And, um, Over the years, I was focused mostly on this. I wasn't focused on productivity up until a year ago, in a sense that I was teaching productivity. For me, productivity was something that uh, I was interested for myself from the moment I realized that productivity, or learning how to use your time in the best possible way, is a skill that holds the biggest importance in your entire life.
2: Well, let's let's start there. Uh Uh-huh. And... Let's start at productivity because there's a bit I want to unpack with the stuff that you've written about that I've seen and you've already mentioned on the show here. It is a topic that a lot of people are interested in right now. Productivity seems to be, I wouldn't say a buzzword, but it's certainly an area that is getting a lot of interest. How do you, with your knowledge and your experience in this area and what you write, how do you define productivity? Well,
4: Productivity, in my opinion, and I think even by the official definition is you're uh, getting more outcome, more results from your input as fast as possible. It's being, uh, it's not utilizing, this is where people get it wrong. It's not using every single moment of your day. It's not using obsessively, uh, using every minute but rather the minutes that you dedicate for certain activities that kind of support your goals, whatever your goals might be, uh, that when you use that time, you're on your highest level of productivity, meaning that you're only present in the given moment focused on that activity in order to reach the desired results and the outcome of that activity as soon as possible.
2: How do I know it's working for me? And the reason I asked the question is I, I suspect there are a lot of people who are constantly looking for the next productivity tool or as a lot of the people now in the podcast world would say, looking for the next hack. Like what's the next hack to make it more productive, increase my performance, allow me to get more done?
4: Well, <laughs> I think that you shouldn't be happy at any point With uh, The thing with productivity is the moment you think you got it right, uh, this is where you can do more. It's not about doing more. It's about, it's just, it's like people who exercise for their summer body and their six pack. It doesn't work like that. Exercising and healthy eating diet is something that you do throughout the life. It's something, it's a part of who you are, or at least it's supposed to be. If the modern nutrition and fitness industry didn't market it otherwise it's the same thing with productivity. It's, you have those 24 hours within your day, you have a limited time span, lifespan, which you kind of don't know when it's going to end. It can end tomorrow or it can end 50 years from now, which is adds a bit more excitement to the whole uh, thing. So I would say that people, um, can call themselves productive when they got a kind of handle of their habits in a sense that when they say that they're going to do, they're going to finish the things and they're going to reach the desired outcome. Um, I think the biggest problem today with uh, productivity or time management, whatever we name it, and, and again, I don't like throwing around these random names, so I'm going to stick just with productivity for the sake of clarity, is that people just take these tools and that seem popular in the given moment, such as uh, Matrix, Urgent, Important, or any sort of to-do list on the market. And they kind of slap it on top of their schedule, which is sort of, in my opinion, like trying to solve a bullet wound with a Band-Aid. It doesn't work like that. You need to uh, have clarity in your life direction clearly sounds a bit more abstract and fluffy let's go with direction in a sense like what do you want to where are you going what do you want to achieve well, we can use the term goal in this case like year from now what is the most important thing that i want to achieve and then you work backwards you see usually goals are consisted of consist of two things first one is a uh, certain set of activities that you need to perform in order to achieve that goal and then certain set of skills you need to acquire in order to achieve that goal. I'm gonna give you one example. When I was starting Zero to Skill, I literally didn't know how to buy a domain, let alone integrated uh, hosting with my team and so on. So it's basically like a game. And if people consider it as such, the whole perception, the frame on it becomes different. It's no longer, oh, my God, it's Monday or, oh, my God, I have this uh, task at hand that I need to finish. It's like, okay, I want to start a blog. I need a domain. You type in, how do you buy a domain? And you start there. The biggest problem with uh, which causes procrastination today is the overwhelming that happens when we think about certain um, activities, so whenever somebody thinks about, oh, I need to start a habit or I need to start eating healthy, uh, they think of all of the things they have to do. And by default, the sheer volume of the like, perceived, it's not even the task, but perceived task is what kind of makes them procrastinate even more. This is what I like to uh, kind of live a 24-hour life where from the moment you get up until the moment you go to sleep your job is to do the best you can to get closer to your goals. Is that how
2: you measure? Yeah. So you you're going to crash out yeah. at night so give it in that 24 hours is a period we're going to go to sleep. Is it is it for you personally you look back at your day and go did I do the things that I set out to do? that moved me towards that perfect day? Is that kind of part of your measure? Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't think kind of a perfect day exists. Um, I would
4: use a quote my grandfather used to tell me every single time when I was a kid. He was saying like, you should never ever go to sleep without asking yourself whether or not you've actually earned your bread for the day. Um, that, at the end of the day, you kind of want to get that feeling, okay, this was a good day. There were good things, there were bad things, but I improved. When I look back at yesterday, today was better. It doesn't have to be that you do uh, 10 more things or drastically change everything. Because in the end, the success, when we look at these famous people, we think, oh my God, most of them are overnight success. But a lot of people don't see the the back end, if we use that term. Um, when they spent hours and hours of practicing their harnessing that uh, hard earned knowledge in order to apply it later on. So it's in the end productivity, or I would say success in life, whatever your definition of success might be. Usually people relate success directly to capital success, which doesn't have to be. Uh, For me, success in life means freedom to control my time. Meaning from the moment I get up, until the moment I go to sleep, that I have as much uh, control as possible over my time. Meaning that uh, I don't have as many people ordering me, uh, telling me to do different things, that uh, I don't have a lot of people that are late if uh, they have a meeting with me and so on. And this case, I think that I've reached a point in my life as an now as an entrepreneur, if I may call myself that, Where I have more control that I've ever had in my entire life. Meaning that I designed my own day. And to me, that that is probably one of the best feelings. Um so the biggest kind of hack with productivity is to switch first your perception on this. Um it's if you compulsively, obsessively try to fit as much as possible. In your day, it's not going to work. I was always maybe lazy. I think even Bill Gates says, if you want to do something uh, fast and right, give it to a lazy person because they're going to find a way to hack it. This is maybe a bit phrasing, but uh, (laughs) it's it's the same thing in life. Uh, I've learned myself, like my friend who's a fitness coach, he says, you got to learn your body to such a degree when you know, when you eat Ben and Jerry's ice cream, what's going to happen to your body. What's the level of that percentage you're going to get and so on. Same thing with productivity. you got to learn how do you deal with your time because you cannot manage time. You can only manage yourself and your energy within the time that's given to you. And that's the best we can do. Z,
2: people look at trying to be efficient in their day and they are looking to plan themselves, as you said earlier in the show, to get as much done as they can and to be efficient. Then I've heard it say that it's not about being efficient, it's about being effective. What's your take on that?
4: Um, So first thing is um, people got to understand when they say, oh, I work 60-hour or 80-hour work week, they're wrong. Um, And the easiest way to confirm that they're wrong, it's not that I'm right or they're wrong, it's just they're wrong. Um, If you do a time assessment, you're going to notice that on average an adult spends up to five hours on email today, five hours out of 24 hours on email times five, you get a really big number. And then when you include television, social media to the mix, uh, commuting and a lot of what I call it's a transfer time. It's time spent on, um, moving from one activity to another and people who think they're good at multitasking do this even worse. Uh, they lose a lot more time here because the constant transfer it's between these activities is what creates a lot of inefficiency. So inefficiency if efficiency is doing things right, meaning when you take the activity, that you do that activity as best as possible. Effectiveness, on the other hand, is doing the right things, meaning that the activity that you've chosen to do is the right one. Because, for instance, when you, um, again, I'm, I'm going to retreat back to my uh, example. When you want to start a blog, there are literally hundreds and even thousands of activities that you can do in order to benefit that blog. You can you can do variety of things, but out of the scope of all of those things, only a couple of them w- will have the highest leverage. So your job is whenever you set a goal for yourself, List down everything you can think of that, are, that is going to help you achieve that goal. And don't start creating a to-do list just yet. First, see which one of those activities will bring you the biggest result. An example when playing a guitar is uh, there are a lot of dozens of chords possible for learning a guitar. But only four chords... Uh, are good enough to get you started so you can play almost any pop song today. I think there's a, I think they're Australian Axis of Awesome band. Um, they're old or aka um, yeah, yeah uh, four chord uh, song band. And they've mastered they've kind of popularized this idea as well. and it's basically the rather simple. In order to learn to do um, to play something or to do something in your life, there's a small set of uh, things within that activity you can do that's going to give you the best results possible. It's like learning Spanish. Spanish, if you learn thousand words uh, that are that tend to repeat the most, you're going to be able to perform eighty to eighty 85- five. Five percent of any conversation fluently.
1: You
2: you've written about the ultimate productivity cheat sheet. Now I'm curious about that. What what is that cheat sheet, and what what can we take from that? Like what are what are the the ultimate productivity cheats that you suggest to people?
4: Okay, if we disregard the clickbaity sound of it, uh, which is today necessary kind of in the marketing <laughs> world. It's basically a set of guidelines. Um, I, I call them either pillars or phases. It doesn't matter. I believe that productivity lies on four phases. First one is kind of setting the foundation, which is where you determine what's the direction in your life. You set goals, and people here tend to set goals five years or 10 years in advance. They want to have this grand vision of their life and the purpose and the meaning, which all sounds nice and dandy, And but it's kind of... It's, I wouldn't say impossible, but tends to lead to a lot of a lot of stress for most people. So it's a smarter move to kind of narrow down, shorten your uh, span of setting goals. I prefer to do it in a year. You set one up to five goals. The more you have them, the less uh, productive and accomplished you're going to be. So I usually go from one to three uh, main goals that I'm going to chase within a year. And then I break down those goals into activities and skills, activities that need to be done, skills that need to be learned. And then I do a time assessment. Reason why time assessment is important and time tracking is because even the productive people um, convince themselves, "Oh, I'm extremely productive. I finished this and this a week. But if they analyze their time, they're going to see that I, I would, my bet is that beyond 50% of their time is extremely inefficient. Whether it's going to work or coming to work and losing time in the commute, whether or not it's losing time on people in the office, randomly talking with disruptions, procrastination, laziness, not to uh, even talk about social media. And that's just work. Uh, we don't even consider, I kind of split my day into three parts. So it's morning routine, daily routine, and evening routine. And it's kind of easier to operate that way. You don't even one day thinking what you need to do in one day can overwhelm you. So you kind of even break it down further and then you go one hour at a time. So once you have this kind of direction in life, what do you want to achieve? And the reason why you said for a year is because circumstances change on a daily basis, uh, being fixated on something that's five years ahead and not kind of changing your plan, adapting it, evaluating it with every new thing that happens in your life, whether or not it's something you control or um, well or not, um, is, I would say, a stupid move. The reason for it is people uh, tend to chase a lot of goals that are really unhealthy for them. And we can see even a lot of relationships actually uh, end up uh, being unhealthy because of that. Oh, I spent a year or two years investing in this relationship. I cannot give it up now. It's the same thing with goals. It's like there comes a point where you got to be honest with yourself and see whether or not that goal makes more sense for you uh, to pursue, to continue to pursue it or just stop it. Stopping um, doesn't mean quitting. It means that you have developed awareness to see whether or not currently in your life there's anything that's gonna provide you with better outcome. Whatever you wanna kind of pursue. It depends on the outcome you want. So once you have this kind of direction, most people would assume that you already start with pure on execution which you can because you already at this point know what you need to do to accomplish. You need to do and learn to accomplish your goals. You can already start working on it. But my suggestion is like uh, it's first to reduce or possibly eliminate things that are consuming a big portion of your life. That's why the time assessment is important to kind of narrow down and specify these activities. Um, First time at the time assessment on a weekly basis I was losing 22 hours. Uh, almost an entire day of my time was lost on activities that I didn't have awareness of. And not to mention the activities that I was spending time on, such as social media and television. So first thing is kind of to give up on these things that don't support your goals. And you're going to know whether or not they support your goals because you've set the goal and you've listed down all of the activities you need to do in order to accomplish that goal. Again, this doesn't mean that you need, sorry, uh, this doesn't mean that you obsessively cannot watch uh, television or you cannot turn on Facebook. All of these things are normal in today's society and running away from them is also going to create stress. So you're going to need to have a healthy balance.
2: We had a guest on the show back in October, a guy called Ryan Munsey from the OPP podcast, Optimal Performance Podcast. Okay, I've heard of it. During the the interview, Z, he talked about the Pomodoro technique and I believe it's something that you buy into. Can you explain how you use the Pomodoro technique and why (laughs) you find it valuable?
4: Yeah, so a Pomodoro technique can be a a double-edged sword. Um, If you kind of obey obey it by like the rule, you can lose a lot of productivity. Uh, Pomodoro is efficient if you have a lot of a lot of tasks, mini tasks at hand. So it's 25 minutes of working, and then five minutes of uh, taking a break. It doesn't have to be. It can be. Adapted. Uh, There are a lot of free apps uh, on the market. You can just literally type in Pomodoro on App Store or uh, Google Play. And it's useful, as I said, if you have a lot of things on your to-do list uh, that you want to finish. But if there's a specific task at hand that you need to spend a lot of creative moments, problem solving, kind of designing the entire thing, or pure on execution where you need to immerse yourself, Pomodoro can actually uh, be counterproductive. The reason why uh, the greatest currency resource today on the market is no longer time because everybody has time. But now we reach a point where we go kind of macro, uh, which is uh, attention. Uh, Today we're in the information overload society. Everything online and offline is designed to grab your attention. And if you're not in control of it, which is you're never gonna be able to fully control it, but if you're not aware of this and you're actively trying to intentionally do the things that are meaningful for you, not uh, according to playing kind of according to everybody's rules, you're gonna lose yourself. So Pomodoro is good because of this. It kind of narrows down and makes you work faster. But I suggest that if you want to work kind of deeper, um, that you start learning more about the state of flow or state of full focus or immersion. Uh, for me, music works well. Um, and types of music uh, depends on what kind of activity I have at hand. So I use uh, instrumental, classical, or something that doesn't have disruptive lyrics when I need to write or design something. So, if it's designing a product or writing an article, or whatever, I use that so it doesn't disrupt my thought flow. But if um, I'm working on something that's kind of pure execution where I need to uh, just put it on a piece of paper whatever i'm working on or just finish the task i take something with a faster beat it's like running you cannot play uh, a love song when you're running it doesn't the beat doesn't support the goal you got to find something with a faster beat something that's going to speed up your mind and let you zone off every distraction so one of the useful things here is declutter your entire environment and computer so anything i i can i I would suggest that you have primary and secondary, uh, work surface. Primary work surface shouldn't contain anything that you don't need today. So all of the pictures, I know that people tend to be sentimental, but, uh, all of the pictures of family, all of the post-it notes, all of the phones and everything that's on your table, but you're not going to use it today. Remove it, put it on a secondary, uh, work, uh, surface where things that you use on kind of weekly or monthly basis are located. And then um, put your headphones in and try to zone in uh, into any given task at hand. The biggest problem with procrastination is actually just starting. Uh, And because we overwhelm ourselves, we kind of postpone it, we procrastinate. So the biggest advice here I can give, it's something I call reverse pyramid, um, I'm not sure. Am I the first guy to call it? Hey, it's kind of difficult to be original. Uh, you can only give your thoughts, your approach to anything. So it's breaking down um, the activity to really, really small pieces. So if I'm writing an article, I'm not sitting down to write an article. I'm sitting down just to think of a headline. If I catch myself procrastinating, I'm if and if I think, oh my god, I need to just put on a piece of paper, like 4,000 or 5,000 word article, I'm going to procrastinate for several hours for sure. But if I'm thinking like, dude, just sit down and write the headline, that's it, just write the headline. And if I sit down and I put my headphones, put my music in, and I write the headline, which takes me usually two, three minutes, uh, that's enough to kind of kickstart the momentum. And then after the headline, it's, okay, write the opening line. And once you write the opening line, you're kind of bought into this whole thing. You've kind of tricked yourself and the momentum is slowly starting to develop more. And then if you're just dedicated uh, and don't have that mindset, okay, now I can reward myself because I've finished a headline, um, you're going to finish the entire article within an hour or two or whatever activity you're planning to do.
2: Execution today seems to be a big issue for people. I mean, people have great plans, they have great dreams, but there's this grey area in the middle where they seem to have this procrastination where they never they never get to execute the plans and so they never start to move towards their dreams. Can you just run me through with the work you've done, the study you've done, can you work me through Just give me an executive summary of how you plan your day to start to execute on the plans you've got. So for me,
4: morning is really important. Uh, We generally, humans are creatures of habit. Um, And I know myself, for me, stability of having these habits in place. And when I say habits, I uh, have five habits that are really, really important for me, which is getting up early. Um usually I spend reading, meditating or whatever kind of grounds me or centers me, uh working out and then working on my project in this case zero to scale. And uh I kind of plan out my day based on these activities. So uh Gary Keller from the book The One Thing which is probably if you ever want to read a book on productivity, is one of the best things. And the title itself says it rather, it's like, thank you, Captain Obvious. You just need one thing at a given time. Stop multitasking, stop uh, thinking about a lot of activities, choose the most important activity for one day and block your time. Literally schedule a meeting with yourself. When I was working back in Kuala Lumpur, my calendar was, uh, I had do not book. Uh, literally I told people that they're not allowed to book and these moments where it says do not book on my calendar were specifically designed for my productivity. I had uh, one block in the morning, one block after majority of the meetings are finished and then one block towards the end of the day. And usually I had maybe three or four hours within eight hours span and I was able to finish uh, more than people would finish within a week. I managed to double my salary uh, within a year, and I uh, managed to become a manager of my team, in an international company, and I'm, I was 23 at the time. Um, it's not because I'm ultra smart. It's not because I have uh, strong uh, circumstantial advantages. Remember, I'm from Bosnia. But it's because I just follow a certain set of principles. Um block off the time, tell everybody, and it's just literally important to communicate this to people. Um, and whoever gets insulted with this shouldn't be part of your life, in my opinion. You can literally communicate this to your family, to your friends, to your colleagues, and say, from, I don't know, eight in the morning to 10 in the morning, uh, this is my time. Uh, no calls, no internet, anything this is the time I dedicate to whatever it's important to, um, my most important goal. Uh, and then it's, you're trying to develop habits. You go one hour at a time. Um, you, if your goal is to get up at six, your job is not to think about seven or eight or what happens throughout the day. Your job is to get up at six and do the best you can for the first hour. Once you finish that first hour, you go on to the second hour and then third hour and so on and so on.
2: You mentioned focus a little bit earlier in the interview. What's your number one tip for helping people develop their focus? So first,
4: um, there's a small division before I start. It's you have physical and mental activities. For physical activities, developing focus is a bit different um, I mean, uh, usually sports people, so men and women that are doing, uh, and there were, there was a lot of studies. So there's Steven Kotler and, um, Jamie Veal that are, uh, founders of Flow Geno that are actually studying how to trigger flow on command. And they're really brilliant.
2: Have just they just sent the book Stealing Fire?
4: Yeah. They, they yeah, recently, uh, Steven Kotler has a lot of books. Yeah. And they're usually related oriented towards kind of creating this super, uh, superhuman, uh, which, which I like stealing fire. I haven't read it myself. I have it downloaded. I just need to sit down and read it. Um, uh, but it's, so once you know whether or not it's a physical activity or a mental activity, whether or not you're going to a gym or whether or not you need to sit down with your laptop and finish something, um, you got to bypass that first original obstacle and which is basically yourself. Um, you got to get yourself out of the way and the best way to do this is kind of trick yourself into just sitting down. Um, for me, I have two things for me. Execution works better if I'm alone and creating these original ideas. But the problem with creating and thinking on your own is that you're extremely, extremely subjective. So you need an outside external perception, or at least you need to verbalize your ideas and try to explain it to somebody uh, so you can see uh, what are the potential gaps, what are the potential challenges that are gonna, you're going to encounter. That's why the people for creativity and problem solving are extremely important. And I usually divide people into kind of three areas. For most people, when I say this, they're, they consider it to be extremely robotic or even mechanical to a degree. Uh, you have people that are not able to follow up. You have people that are able to follow up and you have people that are able to match you. Uh, you're looking for the second two, people who can follow up and people who can match you, that you can bounce off ideas, that you can discuss, that you can take the that uh, they can ask you specific questions and vice versa, that kind of uh, the conversation is on the same level. When it comes to focus itself, the execution part of it, which without people is you got to learn what works for you. Uh, My suggestion is uh, don't start randomly playing music just because I said so. Everything I've said thus far You need to take with resistance. You need to sit down and see, okay, what about this actually makes sense for my current situation? Your set of circumstances, your current lifestyle might be completely different from mine. A single mom, working mom that uh, has kids, that has to get up early and go nine to five has a completely different lifestyle than I have. So for her, focus is going to be completely different. You got to take all of these things that I'm telling you and adapt them to yourself. First, you got to do kind of uh, look into the past. Go back, think about activities that you were completely immersed in. When you look back, it's just like time flew by. The whole relativity of Einstein uh, came into uh, action and you sat down. Three hours later, which seemed like it was 15 minutes, you were finished. Analyze what made that happen. What kind of environment you were in, what kind of a mindset you were in. Um, Did you have music or you didn't? Did you have internet or you didn't? Uh, Were you with other people or you weren't? Analyze these things and see, uh, there's usually a pattern. uh, we think that we're spontaneous, or at least we like to delude ourselves that we are, that we're uh, adventurers and we're spontaneous. But in reality, I would say 80 to 90% of our behaviors are just habits. Even the decisions we think we're rationally made are actually being being made uh, even a couple of weeks prior in the subconscious mind, which is much, much stronger. So see what worked for you uh, and start there. If you've noticed that there's a specific set of activities that you've done that kind of trigger that total state of immersion, that flow that is so precious, see what caused it. Find the cause and see if you can replicate it. Um, I know that Stephen Kotler and Jamie Will have uh, have 17 triggers of flow. It's free. You can just type it in uh, on Google. You're going to find it. Uh, you can notice they have variety, they kind of split in different areas so you can learn there as well. But again, all of these are external techniques. Not me or anybody else can tell you anything extremely customized individual for your case. So start off with yourself, see what worked with your past, and then see which one of these external techniques I'm or you guys from, through your podcast or anybody else for that matter is telling you that you need to do.
0: It's half-time on The Mojo Show, and time to pause for a cause.
1: My name's Karen Williams. I'm the founder and CEO of Wink Models and Right Fit. I would love to give a plug to the Melanoma Foundation. Um, My uncle passed away from Melanoma last year, and... um, it would be incredibly important for me if you could all just go out. First and foremost, go and get your skin checked. It's one of those um, diseases that we all know about but no one actually spends the time to go and go to their doctor or their skin specialist or their dermatologist and get their skin checked. And it's something that if you catch it too late, it is almost impossible to treat. So please go out. Please, please, please go and get your skin checked. Get that dodgy looking mole checked. Or you may not even know you have one. It could be underneath your your nails or in your hairline, so please go and get your skin checked, and please, if you can, make a donation. It could make all the difference, defining a treatment and a cure for this yeah horrible, horrible disease. We interrupt this
0: program to bring you a special the <laughs> <laughs> Mojo Radio Show. Right. Well, and no. The
2: blog, which really puts you on the radar on Medium was called the 13 things you need to give up if you want to be successful. And if you go through that list of 13, if you had to categorise them, so if I I held you to ransom and you had to, because I know you probably don't want to, but you had to be held to ransom to say, here are my top three things that you would share with our audience to be successful. Of those 13, what would your top three be?
4: Okay. First I need to say a disclaimer. I never ever wanted to be a success guy. So this was my, I, I believe in everything written. There's only one mistake, give up on toxic people. I phrased myself wrong there. I said, um, you need to surround yourself with more successful people, uh, more accomplished people. And that triggered a really, really bad note with people because I didn't want to jeopardize the length of the article. I couldn't explain it better, but in reality, I just wanted to say, um, you need to find people that have a same standard or higher standard than you have in life. Uh, I don't think you're better or worse than anybody else, but I think there are people who are more advanced and less advanced than us. Your job is to help the less advanced to go up and to surround yourself with the people on your level or the level above. And, uh, the whole idea with the article, I wanted to test out if I can make it go viral. Um, I worked on it for, uh, originally it was supposed to be 13 things you should give up if you want to be productive. Uh, but I noticed in my research that success has a higher search rate in December because it's the whole reflective mode plus new year, new me and the same uh, principles are basically the same. Uh, for success, it's the same thing. Multitasking for productivity is the same thing. Um, fixed mindset or uh, perfectionism is the same thing for success and productivity. So I just switched it uh, because I knew it's going to do better. Uh, but it's, in reality, it's uh, again, it go, all goes back to time or how you use your time. So if I were to narrow down, uh, I would say a healthy uh, lifestyle. Um, you need to take care of your body no matter what in your life Um, I come from a family that uh, my both grandparents died from cancer both of them had diabetes my dad has diabetes and my dad had cancer three times so uh, in the end money, success and everything else in the world can be disregarded if you don't care take care of yourself so started there if most of us actually want to be better, whether or not you have, uh, 30 kilos, uh, more than you want, or you have five, it doesn't matter. Everybody wants to become slightly better. And knowing just that, that there's nobody in this world who's entirely happy with their body is enough to kind of get you started. So, uh, see, try to think of the ideal version of yourself, not ideal in a sense that it's perfect, but kind of when you think about how would you like to look like, put it on a paper and slowly start working there. And it's basically two things. It's, it can even go just to one thing. Working out, going to gym is not even necessary. All you need to do if you want to lose weight is just eat below your uh, daily calorie baseline. Uh, if you want to learn what that is, Just uh, go on Google, type it in, it's basics of nutrition. It's uh, in order for us to maintain our, I'm not going to go into detail, but I'm just going to explain this. In order for us to lose weight, uh, we have a certain baseline, which means that if you want to remain at your current weight, you need to eat that amount of calories. But if you want to lose, you just need to go below their baseline. But the first step to going below their baseline is learning what your baseline is. Uh, so I would definitely say healthy lifestyle, nothing compares to having, uh, well, first confidence with how you look. Uh, it's a extremely good motivator. It's, uh, it's beyond, uh, anything else. There's nothing in your life, no level of success that can compare to when you were happy with who you are and your body. Uh, so I would start there. It's also important. It's probably one of the best productivity tricks because it directly correlates with your energy. If you're eating a lot of junk food and you're not taking care of your body, your energy level will drop. Ergo, your productivity level will drop. So I would start off with unhealthy lifestyle. Um, I would say, um, fixed mindset would be the next thing. Um, uh, when we're born, we're born, uh, empty slate or in Latin tabula rasa, which means that there are certain things that genetically we've, uh, received such as our temperament, uh, and a couple of other things. But other than that, everything we are today, and I literally mean everything is a learned behavior. At the beginning, we've learned to model people. Uh, so we don't just randomly start walking. We see other people walking. We see other people talking. So over the years, we've just gotten better and better at learning. At the beginning, it's a bit tricky. But once we mastered the whole motorical level and once we mastered the language, uh, learning becomes more exponential. So having fixed mindset, thinking that it's all about talent, uh, is going to get you nowhere. So try to develop this growth mindset that day in, day out, you work on yourself, that you improve yourself intellectually, whatever area of interest and expertise you want to develop. So uh, this highly correlates with every successful people you can think of. Warren Buffett reads 12 hours a day. Elon Musk, even with all the things he's doing today, he reads two books Bill Gates reads, I think, also a book about him and Warren are really good uh, friends. Uh, so you can see this correlation. But have in mind that uh, growth mindset doesn't mean consuming big amount of information. That's even the problem. Consuming a lot of information randomly and not applying any of it, it's a road to disaster. It's just going to overwhelm your brain. So again, it all goes back to your goals. Once you know what you want to accomplish, you're also going to know how to learn. So instead of randomly reading books, like I used to do in high school, where uh, in high school, my average was reading eight to 10 books a month. Um, But it was random. It was literally from Dostoevsky and Russian literature all the way to Harry Potter and the Ugly Duckling. Um, Now, over the years, when I learned how to kind of structure it, sequence, sequence is a really good word, uh, I became much better at this because I know if this is my goal, these are things I need to learn, and then I know these are the books I need to uh, read, these are the courses I can go through, these are the podcasts I th- I can listen to. that are directly going to support your goals. Um, so healthy lifestyle, then growth mindset, and I would say the next thing is people. Uh, Jim Rohn has the famous quote, you are the average of five people you spend the most time with. And this is really, really true. We're, um, we tend to be extremely emotional and nostalgic uh, with people around us. But there comes a point where you got to look around you and see if the people, even the family, and I, I know that uh, this is going to sound weird for a lot of people, but even our family, even though it's blood and it should be respected, It should be respected only to a degree where it's healthy for you and constructive. If you have people that are dragging you down in your life, it's no wonder you're not going to go up. Even with one person constantly nagging, complaining, or kind of being toxic for your life is going to put you down. And you don't want that. You want to look around and see who are the people you spend the most time. Five to 10 people that majority of your time goes on and be honest with yourself whether or not these people actually contribute to your life. And when you notice that there are certain people that, that kind of have an expiration date, which is which is okay. You also have an expiration date for somebody else. It's, it's kind of normal. It's natural. You've got to be honest both with them and yourself and slowly start letting go of that relationship. Kind of remove the poison from your life. And then see, okay, based on my goals, based on my interests, based on the person that I want to become and the things that I want to achieve, who are the people that I want to spend time with? Um, it usually goes back to people that are kind of inspire us. And you can find them, luckily, today with the internet all over the world.
2: You've been very generous with your time, Z, And I just want to finish up with something that you wrote. And I just want you to run it for us. You said on your last day on earth the person you became will meet the person you could have become why why is that line so important to you so it's not my line first of
4: all um, I, I tried I researched a couple of months trying to find the person behind it um, but I couldn't so it's anonymous that line is something that I found a couple of years back but uh, it kind of got lost. Uh, and I stumbled upon it when I was searching my old photos. Um, I learned, I found that I saved it and I found it last year in March, just around the time that I started my blog. Uh, it's important because for me, comparing myself to everybody else or competing myself with everybody else, uh, holds no interest. Um, even Matthew McGonaghy in his Oscar speech said that, uh, His ultimate goal is to chase who he's going to become in 10 years. And this is the thing. The whole idea of um, reaching your last day on earth and there's nobody else and there's nothing else and there's a person walking towards you and you notice that they look familiar and it's the ideal version of yourself. And when I say ideal, I don't mean perfect. I don't mean that that person did everything right. But in the moments when you decided to hit that snooze button five times, in the moments when you decided to binge watch a season or eat um, 20 chicken nuggets from McDonald's, that person did more constructive things. So the gap between who you are going to become and who you can actually become uh, is kind of my goal in, in one way or the other, that's the purpose of my life and whether or not people realize it, I think it's the purpose of their life as well. You want to reduce the gap. You want to reach a point where you've, you're doing everything you can day in, day out to get closer to the person you can become.
2: When you read, you listen to blogs, you obviously do a lot of study of people who've been successful. Do you record electronically or are you a pen and paper guy? Uh, So I mix and match.
4: Um, I, Memory, as it is, uh, tends to be extremely stressed out and today. So uh, in my opinion, memory is not just what's in our brain, but luckily with tools we have, um, we can kind of use it to supplement. For me, I have three things that I uh, use on a regular basis. So I have tools and techniques that I've uh, researched and kind of or developed myself for storing memory a bit better, uh, for storing information some, uh, information a bit better. And uh, there's a, one of the first articles that I've written is actually Tips and Tricks on Memory. Uh, it's It can be found at Zero to Scale if anybody's interested. Uh, next to that, I use literally a notebook journal and I use uh, Evernote. Now Evernote basic version is free, so you don't have to pay for it. Uh, I'm not an affiliate here, I'm using the kind of in-between version. I think it's called Gold. Uh, what reason why I use that version is because it allows offline uh, editing. So uh, even without internet and if I have ideas, if I want to write an article, I can just write it. And then whenever I have internet, it's just going to sync. Uh, why this is important, it's, it's... And here's the best thing I can tell anybody for um, kind of... Well, at the same time for organizing yourself and at the same time for better note-taking and bookmarking and um, managing information, whatever you start, finish it. Which means that if you find a website that you like and you want to bookmark it, bookmark it into a specific folder. And don't do anything else until that is finished. Or let's go a bit offline in a sense, If you've taken a glass of water to drink, once you finish it, usually people just leave it and they're saying, okay, I'm going to come back later and wash it. There's no need. It's literally five seconds. Take it, wash it, and leave it to dry. That's it. Later on, do the, it's uh, again, Eat the Frog or uh, Road Less Traveled. I think there's a book called by Scott Peck, uh, do the, what you consider to be hard work first. This is going to kind of train you over the time to finish things as fast as possible. And this is what I do with uh, note-taking. Whenever I get an idea, and usually I have currently probably 60 or 70 uh, different ideas for articles, and I have around 20 of them in draft, uh, I just store it there. And once a week, uh, I go back and I evaluate every single note I have. So I declare all of them. Same thing with my environment. Everything that's unnecessary in my environment or my computer or my notes, I delete it. We tend to kind of store. It's like that, uh, I think Americans that have, uh, sh- that show hoarders, I think it's called, where you have these people that are just randomly storing a lot of, a lot of items in their house. We don't, You don't want to do that. You want to keep your life as, uh organized as possible. And the way you do that is whatever you take in the given moment, you take the laptop, open it, once you finish with it, close it, put it to charge. Same thing with your phone. Take it, use it, leave it, put it to charge. This way it's much, much easier. And the way, it, you don't have to start off with everything, but the faster, the, the more you go into this, the easier it's gonna become. There's no, uh, not going to be anywhere where did I put my keys or where did I memorize this because this way you know. Everything is kind of organized. Uh, again, don't be um, uh, kind of compulsive, uh, obsessive about this. It should come slowly and naturally. And as I said before, whatever I told you, see if it makes sense for your current situation and lifestyle.
2: We quite often talk about uh, movie star and martial artist Bruce Lee, and I'd be curious to know your thoughts on this. Bruce Lee said, it's not the daily increase, but the daily decrease. Hack away at the unessentials. What's something that you, Z, have gotten rid of? What's a, what's a, an unessential you've hacked away at in the last six to 12 months, which has had a profound impact on your productivity.
4: Uh, believe it or not, it's close. I know that it's gonna, everybody's going to assume that I'm talking about Steve Jobs and uh, modern example, Mark Zuckerberg, but it's extremely practical tool. I, I wouldn't go that far to have only one hoodie and one shirt uh, in like uh, same item, 10 pieces of it. Um, but it's important to declutter your life. If you want to start anywhere, Go there At least uh, for me, I have usually like five shirts uh, and maybe additional five t-shirts and two pairs of jeans. And uh, even with all of these, you can literally design what kind of combinations you have. So nobody's ever going to assume that you only have 10 pieces of clothing in your closet because you can mix and match between them. Uh, So I've literally, uh, when I was moving back from Malaysia, I've, uh, thrown away, I would say 60% of, I uh, donated 60% of my clothing. And when I got here, the clothes, the winter clothes, because there's no need for winter clothes in Malaysia, uh, I've taken probably 80 or 90% of the clothes that I had here in Bosnia. And I, uh, again, donated as well. So um, see, this is my suggestion, uh, I think Leo Babuta has, a Zen, a blog. Oh my God. Uh, zen habits. I think. Yeah. yeah. He, uh, he promotes this minimalistic lifestyle. Uh, and Bruce Lee as well. It's, you want to develop this habit. Again, it's, everything is a habit. You want to develop this habit that you declutter, uh, everything that's doesn't support any of your goals, shouldn't be in your life. And we're nostalgic. We're sentimental. We, we find an old shirt from six years ago with a stain on it, but it has a specific meaning. And we're like, oh, I'm going to need it one day. You're not. If you haven't used it in the last week or two weeks or even a month, you're definitely, you're most likely not going to use it ever again. So my suggestion is whoever is listening, uh, start off with your closet, go back to your laptop literally search everything. I think I have it in one of the articles, delete every old movie you have, uh, kind of make your um, computer more relaxed so it has more memory so you can process things better. Then go into old memories, all of the photos you've stored and everything else. Declutter all of that, put it in the right folders so you know when you need it, where to find it. And you can do this with everything, with your uh, home environment, with your work environment. And once you develop the habit of doing this at least once a week or at least at least once a month, it's going to be much, much uh, easier to function on an everyday basis. There is no more searching for unnecessary things or complicating uh, making decisions that are, well, are in the end of the day not important for your life. Like spending half an hour thinking what clothes you're going to wear is just serious waste of time. And you shouldn't do this for yourself. The time is passing by. What, what, what would happen if I told you you had one more hour to live? Everything would change. It reminds me of that scene from Fight Club when Tyler Durden takes uh, that Asian clerk from the store and points a gun and says – uh, why did you stop faculty? Why did you stop learning? He was like, it was too hard and so on. And he's like, you have six weeks to go back on track. And then the Edward Norton, he's like, what are you doing? Are you insane? He's like, tomorrow is going to be the best day in his entire life. He's going to wake up. His breakfast is going to taste better than anything you and I've ever tasted in our life. And his driving life is going to be better than everything you and I've ever experienced. It's the same thing here. Once you remove uh, not only the toxic people, not only the negative habits, but you remove things that are actually not supporting your goals, imagine how much time, how much energy, how much motivation you're going to regain back, which is kind of just waiting there, sitting to be directed to things that are actually going to drive you so you can become the person you want to be and achieve the things you want to achieve, whatever they might be.
2: Well, mate, we are going to wrap up now. And I've got to say one of the pieces of gold from the start of the show that I'm going to use right here in the studio with Robbo is that each evening when we leave the studio, Z, Robbo has to tell me that he's earned his Tim Tams. (laughs) (laughs) I I think my late grandfather would be honored.
3: And they'll be the sweetest tea tasting Tim Tams I've ever had.
2: Are you chasing the second rower that you want to become in ten years? I mean, I've got a lot of gold to use here in the studio, Z. You left us with a lot of good learnings, buddy. Thank you. Um,
4: I, I'm glad that you found the things that I'm currently going through in life useful.
2: Well, I I like the fact that you're a young guy getting after it, Z. I I like your writing. And I have to say one thing that I have noticed about your stuff, and you kind of finished up on that with your sort of reference to minimalism and decluttering you've mentioned a few times, but I find everything you do to be very simplistic, every very minimalist, very clean, I find your writing and words to be very well thought out. So I think it's a real compliment to you, mate. I, I like, which is the reason I got in contact with you because I like your style I like the fact that you had this growth mindset and you're a young guy getting after it. You found some success, but you're eager for more. And you just seem to be want to be of service to people. So um, it's been a real, uh, it's been a real treat, Z. Thank you. Uh, I have I
4: really enjoyed, I, I, I got to say, there is a skill which by itself is extremely important in life. And that's the art of asking questions. And it really done an incredible job. Um, like the entire sequence again, the sequence is important. The choir, from the beginning to the end of this uh, talk was just brilliant. Every question I think that you've asked is going to really benefit your uh, readers. And uh, thank you for inviting me. Believe it or not, this is the first podcast that I've done. Oh, really? Uh, oh, I've been God. invited a lot of times to podcast, but it's it's just kind of it's because of different time zones and everything else. I never get to synchronize with these people, so this is actually the first podcast that I've finished. And uh, to be blunt about it, thank you for popping my cherry. <laughs> well,
3: it's um, it's it's actually funny because it's also a first me. It's the first time I've ever written all Gary's questions.
4: <laughs> well, Gary, that's a good question. Yeah.
2: We haven't had a guest from Bosnia before, too, mate. That's way cool. Yeah, very much so. We'll be expecting
3: to see our, um, our Bosnian downloads go through the roof now. You know, you know that though, yeah. don't you, right?
4: Yeah, I, I think my, for me, Indians tend to like me a lot and Americans uh, for some reason. That's the majority of my readership. But uh, there tends to be a couple of Bosnians and Serbians as well to the mix at
2: Sweet. Where do people find you, Z? Where, where do you normally send people to find more information about you? Uh, so
4: it's zero to skill com. So there's usually somewhere an opt in. I don't like these pop ups. So uh, if p- people come there and they want to sign up, if they think that uh, I talk anything that's relevant for their lives, they can do it. Or uh, there's zero to skill.com slash the ultimate productivity cheat sheet. Uh, this is where they can get the cheat sheet in the PDF and MP3 version. Oh my God, this sounds so, uh, salesy and, uh, promotional. <laughs> so whoever's listening to this, it's like, I didn't read it for that to happen. Uh, you can always unsubscribe once you get these things. So, um, and, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm also on medium. It's, um, I, I tend to write there, uh, as well. So you can find me there as well.
2: Awesome. Thanks Z. We'll uh, we'll be in touch with you, mate. Thank you so much for your time. It's been a privilege. My
4: pleasure. Uh, have a good day, guys, and uh, talk to you soon.
3: It's Lane Beachley here,
4: seven times world surfing champion. I've been a lot of goofy footers and maybe a few kooks in my lifetime,
1: but Robbo and Gary from the Mojo Radio Show, they definitely take the
3: cake. I think for the next week, our personal challenge should be to do the show with Russian accent. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get Oksana back. Yeah, get Oksana back. We'll get her on the show.
2: We should get Oksana to do all that. get rid of AP from our voiceover <laughs> <laughs> studio. We should get Oksana to the voiceovers. Welcome. Welcome
3: to the Mojo Radio Show.
2: <laughs> and we should do it. Drinking vodka. Yes. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Hello, our oh, friends of Stully. Hey, uh, quick link, quick, a very, very tenuous one. But uh, from Russia to Sweden, we mentioned Maria Grumberg last week, and I don't want to make this the Maria Grumberg Mojo radio show, but some pretty exciting news on Instagram from her during the week. A photo of a mountain and a clear blue lake. Uh, And it says, when your best friend asks you to marry him on a mountain, you say yes. Went ski touring in Laijin yesterday and this one had a surprise in his back pocket. You are the best partner I could possibly imagine in life, adventure and every freaking day. Can't wait to continue this epic life and journey with you. So it sounds like some congratulations are in order.
2: No, what she was talking about was us. Oh, right, of course. She was Sorry. talking about her, yeah. her association relationship with the Mojo radio show that right. continues forever. So okay. I think that's where she's coming that's from.
3: That must be what she was yeah, talking yeah. No, about. No. Okay, it's well, a- that's a really nice ring you sent her though, mate.
2: Yeah, you've got, to, you've got to read between the Instagram posts. It's. Uh,
3: yeah, big shout out to Maria. Congratulations.
2: Yeah, congratulations. Big mountain to climb. Uh, to close the show... Uh, something else from the mailbag. Now, you didn't see this because I took it before you got to the studio today, but I received a CD from the Dead Daisies. Oh, nice. Now, this package came from Kat, who is their publicist for the Dead Daisies. Anybody who's new to the show, the Daisies are good mates of the show. They are a band, have been put together of a different collection of guys who've all played in different bands. They have been... Very, very popular on our show. We've spoken to both John Karabi, the lead singer, and Marco Mendoza a number of times. Marco's the bass player. Now, I've got to read the press release. They have got a new album coming out called Live and Louder. It is a compilation of live tracks plus a whole bunch of DVDs and never-seen-before stuff. So I thought we might play out today with a little bit of our good mates, the Dead Daisies. What do you say? You know I won't say no. (laughs) (laughs) Because, and there is no lesson of rock or anything with this, although if you go back and listen to Karabi or Marco on the show, they are shows full of gold. But I just think sometimes you just got to wind down the windows, put on a rock track, crank it up, and just let yourself go and sing.
3: Yeah, well, please don't sing, but, yeah, kick
2: back. So <laughs> this is the song that introduced us to the Dead Daisies. It's a cracking track called Mexico. We're at.